I was laughing in class. I was not laughing at the Diary of Anne Frank. I promise you. I promise. I swear to God. And he's like, well, explain. And then I explained it. But I'll never forget, like, on the dean, like, reason for, you know, going to the dean's office, laughing at the Diary of Anne Frank. And I was like, <gasps> Marcus. Yes. You aware that we're recording? Huh? Oh, shit. Hey, Marcus, you like movies? Yes. You like being misunderstood? No. No, you hate being misunderstood. Yes. Uh, this is Zebras in America, a movie podcast. This is episode 31. That's that's reverse bar mitzvah because uh, we're talking Jewish right now because because right. uh, when you were when you were in eighth grade you were laughing as the Anne Frank movie was playing but it was unrelated it was absolutely unrelated my friend Tom Gilbert you, came into you class. didn't want to watch the movie so you were not paying attention it's not that I didn't want to watch it just I just was it, I had nothing to not wanting to watch it I was gonna any movie day period any movie day in class was fine. One of my best friends at the time, who still is, I just haven't talked to him in a while, he came, Tom Gilbert, he came in the class, and he was trying not to make a disruption, and he kind of half tripped. And as yeah. he tripped, he was by the screen, so I'm like kind of looking in that direction, and I'm like laughing, and then the teacher's like, Marcus, what are you laughing at? That is not funny. And I was like, wait, what? And then she wrote me a letter, and then, yeah, I got an internal suspension for laughing at the Diary of Anne Frank. When, was I, was, when I was in third grade... Mm-hmm. Uh, my, I don't know if my, my, I was in art class mm-hmm. and the teacher had everybody go and draw. She said, draw all, draw a picture of tigers in Africa. So then when, oh boy. then when the, then when the episode, when the time was over, mm-hmm. she was expecting like all these nice drawings from, from me cause I was good at drawing and I gave her a blank page and she's like, what are you doing? I was like, well, you asked for a drawing of tigers in Africa. There are no tigers in Africa. Tigers are in Asia. So unless you want me to draw a picture of a zoo, I can't really draw tigers in Africa. Hmm. Um, I was kicked out of class. My parents, my parents were proud of me. Oh, I was going to all right, good. No, they were like that. They were like a bit harsh. Yeah. Well, third grade kicked out of class. This is nineties, New York. Like my teachers. PS one ninety seven. I'm not I, one yeah, of those schools. I'm not going to say the number, sure. but but like my teachers used to out loud say that like gays were going to hell. Oh, because it was the like that was where it was. Like in the '90s, people were just like you know um, thoughts about social issues change over time, and mm-hmm. in the '90s, uh, homosexuality was was <clears throat> not viewed with the compassion and tolerance that. It's still working on getting here. Right. So, yeah. Um, you, spe- get, uh, you get banished from the 413. If a teacher said some shit like that, man. Like, it's it's things like that. Not not to say that your, like, whatever upbringing in school or youth was better. But when I do hear stories, I hear plenty of stories like that. Where, from, from the teacher's perspective or from the student's perspective, where it's like, God, I am kind of glad I just went to middle school and high school and elementary school I did because even though it, the, 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 the tolerance it got a little obnoxious but just the whole idea like there's still that Amherst in me to hear like a teacher yeah to, a teacher to say a tenth of something like that makes me like <gasps> what like it's very like which is naive which is which is a naivete that like I appreciate yeah, Amherst. Right. Is, it, I, I, I came from a bubble. Amherst is very much a bubble, and when I stepped outside that but bubble, not, I was like, "Wait, what?" But not the movie Bubble Boy with Jake Gyllenhaal. No, or the boy in the in the, in the giant bubble with John Travolta, or the cell with uh, Jennifer Lopez, which is <laughs> which is nice. Shout out to Martin. That's one of his favorite movies. Yeah. Um, shit, I hadn't. I had a thought, mm. but then it went to somewhere else. But yeah, I don't know, like. No, it, it is. It is a nice. It is like nice that. Oh, we're gonna have. Oh, I lost. I lost my frame of thought. It's all good. I was drinking too much at the Blue Oyster last night. Nice. That's that's the bar. That's a joke. It's a bar from the oh, no. Academy. I know. I know. This is the greatest. One of the greatest movies. I never of all got time. that when I was like five, six, and seven. Obviously, you know, obviously. <laughs> I was just like, oh, it's just like a place where like guys with mustaches go. And then like I remember when I was like, when I was like nine or ten, and that like st- that stereotype, like I got it. And then like I immediately like, th- oh no! When I was a kid, I saw Cruising. 
William Friedkin's oh. Cruising. And then I saw it, and then I was like, is, and then I immediately, this is like the, oh, these guys look like the Blue Oyster, oh, and then that's when it kind of all kind of clicked. Both movies are kind of, both representations are kind of messed up. Would you like yeah. to know a cool story? I used, my old job, I used to work with a guy who was very much in that, like, downtown Chelsea scene, and he said he was one of the, do you know about the whole production of Cruisin'? No. Well, the gay community within Chelsea, where that movie was filmed, they were very much against that movie because it was just like, what is this shit? So, during like scenes that were either outside or something, a lot of a lot of folks would like they would blow whistles or go eh, or like just like they would ruin a lot of takes of that movie, which kind of is a movie in itself because like they would have like folks infiltrate set they'd get in the movie as an extra and do some disruptive shit and say cut cut get him out of here or like like al pacino would be filming a scene outside and like a gang of folks would have their whistles and at the same time they would just blow whistles really loud and he was saying uh this guy i'm not gonna say his name he was just like yeah i, I was one of the whistleblowers and i was like oh that's awesome man and he was like oh you know about that yeah i know about that yeah it's uh so that's kind of cool do you think 413's bubble of you know really uh caring about that stuff has to do with the other part of Massachusetts where yes yeah, yeah. Where, where things are not as nice yes it's it's uh it's a weird chip that a lot of us wear on our shoulder because Boston you know it's an angry angry place I'm it not, is I'm not gonna I'm not really trying to like get beef with the whole city but I will, what I want to say is like when I look at certain comedians yes and, and you hear the their fan, their largest fan bases are in Boston. You're like, oh, I, I, yeah. I'm not saying which comic comedians, but um, there's plenty. There's, there's plenty, there's lots. or like some comedians from there that that have like interesting stuff. Uh, Lenny Clark, shout out to Lenny Clark. And I'll say no more. Um. So so this week has been, uh, the past couple of weeks have been a whirlwind in Hollywood. Yes, um, absolutely. And 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 like, but ongoing like this very no i'm saying as as we speak it it's as they say the 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 story is ongoing one of the young actors from stranger things just uh left his agency because he was proposition yeah so like that's crazy you know let me preface like so uh many episodes ago when john wilson who just premiered one of his short films wrote to magnus sante at ny film festival congratulations john absolutely um you guys should check it out when you do. It's if you hate New York, you'll hate it more, and if you love New York, you'll feel bad. Um, he he gave us a copy of uh, Secret, Open Secret, Open Secret. Yes, that's what it's called, yes. right? Yes. And this is a film about a documentary about pr- the predatory nature of Hollywood by male producers to young men. Now, the reason you're you're like Scott. I never heard of this movie. That's because it was dead on arrival. It did very well in the festivals, and then it did not come out. Because there there has been a culture for a long time of producers acting in a predatory nature. And when you're able to control narratives, when you're able to control avenues of where things are seen, you can, you can bury information. So uh, a well-known, uh, an open secret, apparently, was that a Harvey Weinstein... Weinstein or Weinstein? Weinstein. Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Um, was It was known that he was gross and that he was had a temper and was was rough to people and and like like would catcall the but it came out recently that there there are he has 50 accusers <laughs> of running the gamut gamut of you know, unwanted, um, you know, catcalling and or like or like showing his penis or yeah. a lot of showing his penis. Yeah, and and they're all, all also uh, rape. Yep, and in between, and that's you know, Asia Argento, Rose McGowan, uh, Ashley Judd, Lena Headey, Roseanne Arquette, Mira Sorvino, and that's just to name a few have have come out and said all this stuff and i think it's it's about time that that people have to pay the piper for taking advantage of people 
and I I find it interesting that it's taking the this cacophony of noise to really like get people talking about it. Yeah, I, I, I to jump in too, I find it I was going over this the other day in my head how like two of the biggest like hey this guy is a piece of shit happened a long time ago. It just unfortunately happened to come from people who you know, aren't looked at in the most positive light by others. So when, like, Courtney Love says, hey, don't go to a Harvey Weinstein party, it's like, oh, that's Courtney Love, and she's got her issues, which... Or, but long before Courtney Love, what was it, 2000 or 2001, when the film Overnight came out, it was the movie about Troy Duffy, the guy who did Boondock Saints. Yeah. I don't care about that movie. That documentary is great. It's just total self-destruction. I know. But in you the film, it. when he talks about, like, there's a couple times where, like, Harvey Weinstein, he's such a piece of shit. He's a terrible person, blah, blah, blah. But Troy Duffy is also a terrible person. Now, on a different level, he doesn't do Harvey Weinstein stuff. So, again, no, it, it, it's Troy, interesting where, Troy like, Duffy's you know, an asshole. He's not a monster. He's a, he's a monster asshole. Sh- sure. Okay. I mean, there's a difference between being, like, like, when you cross the line of of you know rape yeah yeah absolutely it's a it's it's largely different than you know being terrible to be around no 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 but no my only thing is it's just these are people it's like when people who are terrible to be around give warnings that 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 are real it just kind of sucks well yeah also because you know it's come out that like uh harvey with harvey weinstein stuff people were told that no one would ever believe them because they perform topless or because there's still a world where where we blame the victim yeah and speak like look at what's happening with Archie Argento like in our home country yo that's that's so crazy you that's really would you really would have thought that so Italy so Asia Argento her her story is the is super interesting in New Yorker <clears throat> and all around is that she she had an unwanted sexual encounter with Harvey Weinstein and and slowly over time it developed into a weird relationship so it's more confusing for for some people it's not yeah. confusing for me you know uh, a woman or man but a wom- a woman can say yes a thousand times if a thousand and one she says no it's done yes so people have the right and people people some it's not uncommon to go back to someone that's abused you so but i i'm surprised how backwards italy is being about the whole thing because i really thought they would have her back as her family is like is artistic royalty absolutely it's just fucking bullshit yeah and it's just yeah it just makes me mad i feel like we as men need to really be more vigilant and call out this shit. I'm not going to hold my tongue anymore. Um, not that I've really held my tongue in these situations, but like we just got to go full force. And some of the responses from people who had to have known or were entangled have been interesting. Did Quentin Tarantino say anything? He certainly did. Uh, I find it interesting that, one, he had to, prior to him giving his letter, he communicated through his friend, you know, Amber Tamlin. Yeah, I sent you that, t- um, I sent you that picture. Yes, like, oh, that's right. And it's like, like, it was like a teaser trailer. Yeah. And to her, you know, who's like, she herself is a feminist, she's politically left, she's, she is she, who she is. Yeah, right? her, she's actually having a troubled week as well. I was just, yeah, I was going to lead into that also. Okay, so ties go, go, stuff go ahead. Know. So, again, I find it interesting that, like, an outspoken kind of feminist, very pro-woman first, which is good, you should, you should, you should be like that, was kind of the voice for Tarantino. Just the, the irony, and then come to find out, Tarantino saying, yeah, I knew all the shit that was going on, to kind of have to essentially have a woman be your rock at first. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, like this is all subjective, but it's like, to be a man... Not that, like, women aren't equally stronger, but it's just funny. In a situation, in this whole big entangled thing where it's about men, but mostly large, mostly women being victimized, it's like you kind of have to, like, 
you need a woman to kind of like do your you know well that's that's your, your, your bidding for you the, which the, i just the, you know. the history of subjugated people has often been that the subjugator needs them to help them heal themselves Sure. You know, <clears throat> white people needing their slaves to tell them that they were okay. or yeah. like, That's a good point. No, I yeah. mean, pacifying, that's been a large thing is pacifying the the oppressor. Because yeah. the oppressor has so much. The oppressor, you don't understand their story. Yeah, it's so Blah, hard. Yada, 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 yeah. yada, yada. But, you know, we, oh, he's mentally ill. But we don't treat mentally ill women or mentally ill people of color the same way we treat white men of white men that are mentally ill. That's not. just that's just that's just a fact. Yeah. Like you, if you just look in the newspaper of how they describe uh, young black men who are killed by police versus young men who go to Las Vegas and shoot up the place, the the narrative. Yeah. So it's. So he, he, you know, I don't know whether it was good or bad that he went through Amber Tamblin. Well, what I was going to get at coming out, like once the news came out, I thought that was bad. Because now it's like, just by association, like you now associated Amber Tamblin with your knowing and your bullshit. And I just think that that's not very cool. Um, what are you going to do? It's over. But the bigger, you know, the issue is now for Tarantino to have known for years... And a guy like Tarantino, big in Hollywood, Tarantino, like, his circle of people, like, they're well-known names. So it, it, it just, it's this big magnifying glass in Hollywood where, like, Tarantino, who has close personal ties with all these other people, then so many people had to know about, about this man and probably all these other men. Yeah, you know what I'm also, saying? And that's what's also like, like like Robert Rodriguez's girlfriend was Rose McGowan. That's what were, I'm saying. And they yeah. were selling yeah. they were selling his movie to her rapist. Yeah. Yeah. Like what made you think that was okay? And that's another thing too. Like I I don't mean to go below the belt, but I'm see it's like the spinelessness now of like going back to Tarantino, it's like you know you know for a fact, like a guy like imposed himself on your woman. He didn't do anything. I know that sounds corny and 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 like and and dumb and macho, but at the same time, it's like Jesus Christ. Or going back to what you said, like to sell your movie to the guy that raped your girlfriend, and you had to have known. Like I'm but, sorry, I'm associating but, Tarantino with Rodriguez. Sure, so they're, I mean it's the, they're best yeah, friends. they're best friends. So you, it's a fair uh, association. Let me say this. Let's take it away from boyfriend girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. When like a couple times when you've sent me text messages of you being upset, I've been like, "Where is this person? I'll fuck them <laughs> sure. up." Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. it's sure. not just like, "Oh, you got to defend your woman," but like if you're not if you're not defending the people you love, yeah. that like then who are you as a yeah, man yeah, yeah. Yeah. or as a woman? Yeah. Or like you know like when that term of if you're trying to be a cis man and live under the archetypes of like what it means quote unquote to be a man. Like, you defend your kin. You defend your people. Sure. And, you know, it's just like people... I I hate to get political, but I do equate... Though this is very political. I do equate, like, a lot of this to sort of what's going on in the White House right now with, like, all these Republican people just turning a blind eye for the benefits that they get. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying... I'm not really trying to say too much about 45. Sure. I'm just saying... A lot of these, the reason why Quentin Tarantino and these people didn't want to talk was because producers make movies. Yeah. Not to say that, like, I appreciate people, you know, people have been saying, and and you're absolutely right, people aren't going to listen to Courtney Love because they assume Courtney Love's crazy. And, you know, her battles with uh, addiction and mental issues is is public. So it's people want to dismiss that. Yeah. Her performance in The People versus Larry Flint was really good, though. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm i not the biggest fan, but that's fine. Fair enough. I am... Um, um, shoot. Well, oh, man, I forgot what I was going to say. So while you're saying... Because the reason why I started thinking about this was because I was reading this book of poetry by uh, Aja Monet, mm-hmm. who, who, like, were f- friendly. I wouldn't call her my friend, but we're friendly. And she wrote this wonderful collection of poems called My Mother Was a Freedom Fighter. Mm. And I was reading this one part of a poem where she says, uh, I used to walk to the train station school mornings. Here there is no such thing as sexual harassment. Just old men that never grow up. 
Little girls grow into women and know the difference between a cat call and love is the kind of attention it gives you. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, that's really... And there's, the you know, obviously it's out of context of a poem, so I apologize, um, Aja, because I know that breaking up a poem is, is kind of taboo, so I'm sorry about that. But I was just thinking of like all these people and what what's going to happen and i'm hearing i'm hearing some stuff about louis ck that's old that, that, well, that's you, been around he, for a he, minute. he apparently has a movie coming out yeah that's like kind of about woody allen yeah and him coming to grips with it yeah okay yeah <laughs> which seems to also be uh, you know again pacifying the male gaze but uh male gaze they're men no uh yeah. It's a joke I like to tell. Um, I I think a shitstorm is about to open for Louis C.K. People are going to be start because uh, no one like people have been saying stuff about him for a long time, but no one's come out. And and I think oh well, again the people who have come out it's like the equivalent of like a like Roseanne Barr was the one who like led the charge, but then it's like oh it's Roseanne Barr and people she, don't like you know, Roseanne Barr no, because yeah. she's she's very reactionary. Yeah. She, she, um, and so, yeah, I think, but, but now Tig Notaro, who was, who was folk with that dude, has been saying stuff. Does oh. She, does she, does she have a, she have a thing on Netflix? Or is it Amazon? I can't remember. can't remember. Speaking of Netflix. Yes. Flicks on the net. Flicks on the net. Because mm-hmm. I think, I, 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 I think <laughs> we've said what we can say about this. Harvey Weinstein thing for now? Yeah. Yeah, for now. Just, you know, fuck him and... Yeah, fuck him. And what he represents. Actually, more so just fuck what he represents. Yeah. And the specific people. Fuck the patriarchy. Because it ain't just him. Fuck the patriarchy. Fuck taking advantage of people in the promise of dreams. Um, You know, everyone should just be more like Jonathan Richmond. Yeah. (sighs) Something about Mary, man. I like that movie. I love that movie. Let me That's one of my you, favorite comedies of me, all time. Let me tell you a story. Yes. So I told you once that one of my sadnesses was the last movie I saw with my dad was Snake Eyes. Yeah. But the second to last movie I saw with him was mm-hmm. There's Something About Mary. Oh, that's a good one. And, good. We, and we just, we were howling. Yeah. We were howling when she showed up. When she showed up with her hair, mm-hmm. me and my dad looked at each other, acknowledged that we knew what was going on, and just lost it. That's, I love, see, that's interesting because that was, I don't want to use the word ruin, but I'm a guy, I'm big on, well, then you had no choice. You watch TV, you see a trailer. So I saw the commercial for that many, many times. So by the time you see it, it's kind of like, oh, that's that thing I already saw. And like, I get, and like, you got, what makes that movie so great is like any comedy specifically comedy when you see the trailer all the big laughs are there and you see the trailer so much you're a little desensitized yeah. there's so much like non-trailer shit in that movie and that and that's the thing thing that thing that the Farley brother Fairly brothers used to be great at from Dumb and Dumber through me myself and Irene there's all the little things in their movies that were just like oh man like man Matt Dillon does I don't know just some kind of an award for his performance. All the little shit he says and does yeah. in that movie is just so amazing. It's a great performance. Yes. And I also I didn't I had I didn't actually know about the movie cuz I was That I was, was summer, right? I was, it was the summer and I was a counselor in training. Mhm. Cuz I cuz uh yeah, I went to this musical summer camp. Mhm. And uh yeah, it's pretty much like how they say in American Pie. It's a lot of a lot of people doing things and discovering bodies sure um discovering our bodies not discovering dead bodies like uh discovering our sexuality yes. not me I, I i i got no love until i was a little bit older but my dad was like i heard this movie's gonna be hilarious and we went to see it and i laughed and then later i never i just i didn't think twice about the music i was just like this is weird yeah and then the one time I watched it two years later and my boy was like, oh, that's Jonathan Richmond of The Modern Lovers. And then I discovered The Modern Lovers. Yeah. Uh, Paolo Picasso and was never called an asshole. 
<laughs> that's one of their songs and then I discovered his music his solo music is really wonderful yeah I always wanted to try to be the rap version of Jonathan Richmond but no one really ever understood the reference uh-huh. but um, speaking of dads mm-hmm. and back and Netflix yes Myra and was, Ben Stiller Myra and Ben Stiller uh the Noah Baumbach's new movie, The Meyerowitz Story, premiered at MY Film Festival. But yeah. when Netflix puts out movies, it also is on Netflix the day it comes out. Yeah. I think it's a bad model, but... I do, too. I, I think it's uh, a bad model. I really do. It's nice that I was able to see Oakja the day it came out, if I wanted to. But I think it's cheapening it. Especially... Yeah, forget Meyerowitz for a second. Especially Oakja. Oakja is, like, Serious. big. That could have that movie could have It's a theater experience. Yeah, that movie actually could have done numbers. Yeah. Um I yeah, I, I think Amazon is doing it better. And what I love more about Okja, or at least at least at this point, what it could have done, it that movies like that, it ain't the only one, but movies like that could bridge the gap between foreign speaking film to America. Because you know, I'm just gonna say Thank it, you. not just English speaking, I mean specifically American. Sure. Is very stubborn about the subtitle thing, you know what it's I'm saying? So and I just see like I, you know, I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before or not. But when I used to work at the video store, Tommy K's, yeah, we'd, we'd have the big pink, pink and glitter writing sign, sub foreign section. These movies have subtitles. People would still come back with because they it, whatever big Academy Award like foreign Academy Award yeah. movie they'd rent it. Thirty minutes later, they'd storm back in. I didn't know this had subtitles. I don't want to read while I watch a movie, and it's just like God. It's if you just, just put it, that aside, you're you're. Also, if you watch those movies dubbed, they're terrible. Yeah, don't. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, you, sh- you can yeah. watch cartoons dubbed. Yeah, and and I would argue maybe you can't, but mm. I, like there are some, or even like some of the Miyazaki movies have really wonderful uh, voice casts. Yeah, and some mm. you know, uh, but. It's watching you. You can't watch a movie dubbed. It's just not right because then you're messing with the whole sound, which is part of it. And yeah, the real one. One real lovely thing about this year and like developing our friendship and this podcast is opening, reopening my heart to foreign films, mm. where most of the films I like this year are foreign. Most of like you know. Uh, I tried to get you to go see Sacrifice with me today, but I guess you didn't want to spend five hours in the movie theater. It's not so much that. Well, Sacrifice isn't that long. It's four and a half hours. No. Sacrifice? The, yeah, the cut The cut they're showing is like four oh, and a half hours. Oh, I get, I'm just familiar with the two hour and change one. Yeah. Which I'm good. I'm, I love Tarkovsky, but I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Plus, yeah, you know, we're trying to do some stuff today. I have a, I have a family party I got to go to later. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I, I wouldn't have had, had time. I'm oh. also a little movied out between, because it wasn't even so much I was going to New York. In between going to New York Film Festival, I was seeing other stuff like Blade Runner and, you know, like other new releases that weren't part of the festival. So, yeah, I'm a, like, just the whole idea of going to a theater, I'm, I'm a little, yeah, I took I need I took, a break. I took a little break from movies this week. And in, plus, like, until, t- until right, I right. was, uh, my fiance put on, uh, Put on uh, the Meyerowitz story. And yeah, I was like, oh, I guess I'll watch this. You sure, know? why not? Because yeah. why not? And, <laughs> and um, you know, I'm sure I'm not the first person to make this joke of it being like his royal ten bounds. I'm sure. I'm Very not, much so. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so many, so many levels to that. Statement. Yeah. Uh, though, with a more realistic father it's a more realistic movie uh i thought i was can i real quick i feel like gene hackman as a father was the only like not only one of the only realistic people and everyone else was like a caricature i thought gene hackman had like the life and was really like and there's real assholes like that it's all the other people around that that were very much like dolls or like like a fake thing but anyway but go ahead i just wanted yeah no no i totally understand what you're saying i i I was surprised because you know me. I, I, I tend to go into Noah Baumbach movies thinking I'm not going to like them. Yeah, sure. And uh, I actually liked it. Yeah. Did you like my art stories? So I don't know how to. So let me. Sure. Like when I so. That's an interesting answer. My thing is that movie it, it gives me anxiety and it annoys me, but I kind of think that's 
somewhat the point. Like these are some of the characters are very insufferable, so that means the movie worked. Yeah. So I can't say it's bad because the movie worked. Adam Sandler and yeah, that's Adam what, Sandler yeah. put in work. He's he's excellent. Yeah, I think I think Punch Drunk Love might, uh, you know, have a run for its money. No, seriously, Punch Drunk Love is definitely a better movie. That, oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because like Marwood Stories, I thought was a good movie. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Punch Drunk Love is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. That, that that's yeah that movie's to me untouchable yeah and but Adam Sandler's performance in this movie was really something special yeah uh, it was. And Ben Stiller played his character very well and Dustin Hoffman like all the all the roles were good why do you, do you think do you think he put it out on Netflix just it's getting it's getting hard to finance his movies I don't know about that because I feel like well maybe his last couple weren't as you know, as prominent as others, but I don't. It seems like he doesn't have a problem making a movie. Maybe he wanted to try some something new or something different because a lot of like it's not even just him 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 as a director. A lot of big A list folks, whether it be actors or directors, are going to Netflix. Like well, Will Smith and Joel Edgerton have that movie coming out. Right, because Brad also, Pitt has that movie. It's, it's, it's like, also smart because there's no risk. That so yeah, there you go. I mean, there's also lots of risk, but there's no box office risk. Yeah, yeah. Um. I did, but I, I, I don't know. I, I thought some of the production value on Meyerowitz was affected by the the Netflix scene. Though maybe Netflix didn't come on until after, but it just it just felt a little more like watching a Netflix movie than watching like a Noah Baumbach film. Yeah, and it's disorienting because there's all these like A-list folks in the movie. Yeah. It's like, wow, this is like, this is a big cast and it's like so, just straight to Netflix. Like, yeah, I'm, Judd, I'm not used Judd to Judd Hirsch. That. Yeah, Judd love, Hirsch. Love Judd Hirsch. Sure, sure. Um, I love Pagina Man. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just, I thought, like, I thought it was really well tempoed. Yeah. Um, and uh, it turns out, so, so since I really liked, um, I really liked Mistress America, and I liked Meyerwood stories. So mm-hmm. it seems like this version, like Happy Noah Baumbach, is making movies I like. Yeah. Still, I'm still Francis Hosmer is you know, and he's a fine filmmaker. It's, I don't it's like just that a lot movie. of t- yeah. I'm yeah. I mean, I've already given my my reason a million times. I just it's the most different thing you know that he's done, and it's like this you know he he reversed the financial perspective for the first time in any of his movies like yeah oh people who aren't well off exist and he kind of did that well so yeah i just I, it just that movie just upset me yeah. i can't i don't know i it's fairly psychological sure no and 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 don't get me wrong i know some of the people that that movie you know re- represents and outside of the movie i think not to dis disparage her name or to say anything i just think sometimes the whole i'm gonna girl i'm the awkward girl is a little on the nose sometimes to sometimes when i see her in movies now it's like oh my god i get it like i know it's a little i mean every word i say i know that might sound a little harsh it could have been harsher but it's just i think her whole shtick her whole thing is a little like obvious and it's a little it gets a little obnoxious but that but as a standalone movie francis I'm, i'm i'm fine with that yeah, I don't. I think I think people people um, project their own <clears throat> feelings about her, and it doesn't give light. You know, she's just she's just a person creating. Yeah, I think people put more about her than who she's just a person. I think she's talented, and uh, I don't. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't bother me. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's funny because so for a while we were doing those driving episodes. Yes, and you were you were calling us vagabonds. Yeah, I finally saw the film Vagabond. Hell yes, Agnes Varda, Agnes Sandrine Bonnier, and Sandrine Bonnier. That movie is so sad. It's incredibly sad. It's incredible. Yeah. What? So Sandrine Bonnier plays a sort of just like free spirit. Uh, running along this there's no this is not a spoiler the movie starts with her being found dead yes frozen like a frozen frozen, body. frozen dead yeah. um and then it tells the story of how she got there mm-hmm. and uh i've never seen a movie like it hmm. oh 
Okay. It was so good. Yeah. Uh, good shots. Like, that's the thing. There's something about that on, on first viewing, at least for me, and I know for other people, you know, who had seen that for the first time, it's more about, like, the story and the performance. And then you go back, and it's like, oh, there's some powerful shots in that movie the that shot, I didn't catch the, right the away. The shots are really yeah. what took it. Like, also just how... Like several of those stories could have been their own movies. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. the socialists that have the 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 goat farm, or yeah. like that lady who is reading about trees, or the the homeless guy who is making porno videos. Yeah, or yeah. that's that unexplained scene when tree people are throwing mud. I, oh, the mud scene is great. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it just shows up. It's never really explained whether what's going on, which is great. I, yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. We need to explain less. Yeah, my teach my teacher, my teach my everyone's third grade or fourth grade English teacher teaches you show, don't tell. Like you <laughs> yeah. know, just like do it, man. That's a very David Lynch. Uh, I've seen him at Q and A's many times, and he gets asked the most literal questions, and his thing is just like. Well, you just saw the movie. It was just there, like, you know. And fair enough, too, when someone asks... I've Twice in my life I've seen someone ask, so what is this movie about? And it's kind of like, oh, come on. You know, and his response is, well, you, you just saw it. Like, uh, you, you you know the answer to that, you in, know. And in, he's, he's more interested in talking about, like, the materials he yeah. bought to make this set. Or, like, David Lynch is known, not not just on Lost Highway, but Little Things I mean, in Blue Velvet. He, he likes making the furniture. He'll yeah. talk to you about the furniture he made... On in, the set of, of a movie of his. You in know? fairness, like, I feel what's enjoyable about David Lynch films is deciding what it's about. Yeah, For, yeah, for yeah. yourself. Sure. You know, because um, I hated Lost Highway the first time I saw mm-hmm. it. And then M. Toomey had me watch it again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is great. When, when did you see it? Seven years ago. Okay. And 17 years ago. Oh, right. Okay. Because yeah, we, we talked about it. It was the yeah. last movie with Beretta and the last movie yeah. with Richard Pryor. Yeah. A great movie. Uh, but I just wanted to go back to um, Vagabond. Uh, I need to get into Agnes Varda, it seems. She has a yes. movie coming out, no? Yes, she does. It played at the New York Film Festival. It's a documentary. It played at the New York Film Festival. Um, she's got a large body of work. I mean, she's been directing since, what, the 1950s? Yeah. So, yeah. What do you think's her best movie? Per- I... I could say Vagabond. And yeah. then there's also, like, the Agnes Varda, like, 101. The, like, the Cleo from 5 to 7. Have you ever seen that? No. Oh, do you want to borrow it? Yeah. All right. You're at my, at my home. You're, you're welcome to borrow it. So it also reminds me... It reminded me of this book by David Eggers called uh, You Will Know... You Shall Know Our Velocity, mm-hmm. which is a story just about someone's friend dying, but you know it. Like, you know that it's happening right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But you never... You, you know, I, I was hoping that... That she wasn't gonna freeze and die. Yeah. So even after, like seeing the intro, you're saying like you almost want the, yeah. You're like oh yeah. Man. I've had those yeah yeah with movies like that. Not not that one particularly. When I saw it, it was kind of like oh like it's a great movie. But I'm watching it going like all right, well this is how we got here. But I I like when movies do that when you're still like no 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 like they're still gonna live yeah like they're, 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 it's it's just a twist they're like yeah, or this twist. is just a thing and, you know? and the thing is 90% of the time it's a twist <clears throat> mm-hmm. and I really appreciate the 10% yeah. that that own it that you know the beginning of the movie you see someone dying and they actually they actually die or something like yeah. that I like that but also um, David Eggers wrote this other book called Hologram for the King mm-hmm. which was turned into a movie with Tom Hanks uh, directed by the guy that did Run Lola Run. Oh, and, Tom Tickver. Cloud Atlas. Yeah, Tom Tickver. Yeah. He did that with the Wachowski, with the Wachowski yeah, sisters. Yeah. Um, have you never seen that movie? What? Uh, Hologram for the King. No. It's so weird. So it's about Tom Hanks plays the salesman who goes to the Arab Emirates to sell a hologram machine to the king. And he's really lonely. And there's this great montage of him performing like uh, Talking Heads. Song, you know, <laughs> how do I get my incredible yeah, yeah, yeah. life? Yeah. How do, uh, when did this come out? Like three, two years ago. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah, and and I don't know if it's good. I would like you to watch it so you could tell me if I, I because no one's no one watched it. It was, <laughs> sounds like it. It was, yeah. it was. It didn't do well. Yeah. But like 
as should be expected, is shot really well. Because mm-hmm. he, you know, his movies are shot well. Sure. And what was the post low Princess and the Warrior? Yeah, that was a weird, it was a strange movie, but it was he, nice I to mean, look he, at. He mostly made, you know, he 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 made his deal. Underrated uh, electronic musician from time to time too. Have you ever heard his music? Yeah. Like the, he did the music for his segment in uh, Parish Yatem, the Natalie Portman uh, segment. That that was him. I like Parish Yatem. That oh yeah parts of it. I like like two parts of it. That's fine. Yeah, I like the Nick Nolte one. I, I like that one very much, and I like the, the I like his. I like Tom Tick first, yeah. and I like the uh, Jenna Rollins Ben Gazzara one because that's you it, like it's you such like, a nice little like you like the Nick Nolte Olivier Sayas movie. Oh, clean! I yeah. like I like just about everything Libby Sayas has done. Yeah, I like clean very much. Um, I was thinking about um, personal shopper. Yeah, because I was also I recently rewatched um, defending your life. Mm-hmm. I've sort of been on a death kick, mm. you know, like just trying to think about grief comedy and other things like that. And I, I like I recently watched. I came up with a rap line that maybe mm-hmm. you'll like. Okay. Uh, nice with the slice. Got a predilection for knives and taking lives like Albert Brooks in Drive. Nice. Right? Because the end of that goes back to the beginning. Yeah. Cutting, slicing, everything. Yeah. That's a very circular uh Circular line. rhyme. Yes. Because Albert, Albert Brooks is so weird in Drive. Weird? Yeah. You think weird or just like... I was gonna. I was just. I was just about to use a variation that I was just gonna say weirdly evil. So I guess yeah, weird. Well, he yeah. plays the evil. I'm not. I'm saying like. Yeah, but you're right. His his evilness like, is weird. That, he's a weird dude. Yeah. Like the way he likes to kill people and the way he does stuff, and like. Um, I should have known something was up. The Chinese food scene, when yeah. the way he's ordering the guy around, he's like, uh, "Where's the chopsticks? Where's the chopsticks?" And it's like he's mad, but he's also playful. Like, go get him! Go get him! It was yeah. a fucking fortune cookie. And Albert, like, Albert very, Brooks like, was you know, like the perfect was the perfect casting for that. That yes should have been nominated or should have yeah. won actually. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. I mean his look his because it's a transcendent <clears throat> performance. Um, defending your life is is you know when you're when you're thinking about death and stuff. It's a nice movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, like, you like defending. I do. Your I haven't life? seen it since high school, but yeah. Because I was because I was just thinking about all his grief stuff because I watched this. Uh, amazing uh, horror film mm-hmm. called uh, Dark Song. Sure. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I believe I got you to watch it. Got me to watch it twice because I watched it on a Saturday night and then I watched it on a Sunday morning again. Because it, it, so that movie's about. Um, it's directed by Liam Gavin. His first movie. It's about this woman who wants to perform an albramelin. Uh, uh, magic ritual the abramelin or is a is an ancient text that's like a book long magic ritual to that will allow you to uh conjure uh your personal guardian to ask a favor and it's not clear exactly what her favor is at the beginning of the movie yeah. And she goes to the house with this actor. Well, what's his name? He was incredible, dude. Yeah, um, they were both. The both performances were outstanding. Yeah, I'm big on um, like minimal casted, minimal uh, space S- movies. Those are underrated. Catherine Walker and Steve Oram, mm-hmm. and he plays like this occultist who's helping her do yeah. this magic thing. And unlike unlike most movies that have magic like with a K in it, like. Magic in other movies is like super easy and it's just like cute. Where the magic in this movie is it's a lot of rules. Yeah, and he gets annoyed when you don't follow because it's, it's very serious and you gotta you know gotta be consistent. Yeah, yeah, you gotta follow the rules and he's a stickler for him. And like, there's like you have to make these graphs and do all. It's not easy because because if if you live in a world where you accept magic is, exists, right? It's not easy. Mm-hmm. That's my belief. I'm not saying yeah. whether magic exists in the world or not, but I believe that if it does, it's not easy to do. No. Similar to, you know what? A dark song is kind of similar to uh, Primer in that. Sure. Just like how you put it, like the uh, the equivalent would be, oh, time travel. I'm just going to build this cool machine and then we're going to have smoke come out of it and we're going to be here. But no, 
in primer, it's like you can only time travel for like a couple of minutes. When you get out, your nose and ears are going to bleed. It's going to take a lot of labor to make this machine, a lot of real science. Yeah. It's not fun. And the outcome is just like you get to time travel for like a super short period of time. Is yeah. it even worth it? And the movie, that movie still confuses me. Yeah. But I think actually that's a great that's a great comparison. Yeah. Uh, Primer and Dark Sun. Did you have you thought about that? Before? No, just that. No, just that, that's, as, that's, as we were talking. Yeah. That's very yeah, yeah. yeah because it's like yeah, Dark Song is to magic as Primer is to uh, time travel. Sure. And I did not think this movie was gonna was gonna affect me like it did. Oh really? Yeah, because I I don't like the occult and horror doesn't always do it for me mm-hmm. I tend to I tend to not go for that stuff I, in, a, I, in a bubble in a vacuum yeah, yeah. I think what I went into it too it was just like you were very insistent I was like why you know I'm on my like watch it you know but at this point yeah also we were at a point where if you didn't watch a movie I recommended you I'd probably be annoyed because I was <laughs> recommending you so many movies that you weren't watching the way a lot of it has to like take like Horv- Patrick Horvath in Dallas Hollow. I'm friends of the show. The way I've just been into like the IFC Midnight movies quite a yeah. bit recently. I was like, oh, these movies have not let me down in a while. Yeah. Not not to mention just some, not all, but some, you know, Entrance and, and the Pack 2 were IFC Midnight movies. Yeah. But the last, one of the last great movies I saw was an IFC Midnight movie, The Untamed, the Mexican film that starts off as a family drama but turns into a sci-fi horror movie. Um... They, they, so at that point, I'm just like, you know what? I th- IFC Midnight has a good selection, damn it. And then, well, early, early in, into a dark song, it reminded me of like the Ben Wheatley that I missed. Yeah. Like I, I was telling uh, Thunderbird, I was like, have you seen this movie, Dark Song? Scott recommended it to me. Have, have you seen it? He's like, no. I was like, it's the movie I wish Ben Le- Ben Wheatley would have made instead of like High Rise or. Uh, what was that last movie he made? It was like his version of Reservoir Dogs with. Uh, um, Brie Larson and Killian Murphy. I didn't um, see it. Uh, Lance, um, Lance Hammer's really good in it. But anyway, yeah. When yeah, when Ben Whitley does like the smaller horror films, like Dark Song reminded me very much visually of like Sightseers, which co-starred the great uh, Alice Lowe. Um, yeah, I, I think the other beautiful thing that I'm loving about a lot of these IFC Midnight movies, specifically like Dark Song is like a good example, is you don't have to have this huge budget to make things frightening, scary, just to make it work. Like, I would not have thought just the way it it looked. It looked beautiful. Take away like that the fact it's a horror genre movie. It just, it's a beautiful look looking movie, and like you were kind of alluding to earlier, it takes its horror and its thrills and its magic. It takes it very serious in a non pretentious, annoying yeah. way. Like it just works. And when you have a scent like two people, you know, in 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 the movie, when those movies are done great. They're, they're, they're just so on. Like, my favorite two-person movie, this movie called What Happened Was, with Tom Noonan. He also wrote and directed it. Tom Noonan and uh, Karen Silas. Um, it just takes place in one apartment. Just similar. Like, Dark Song has a couple of settings, but the large majority of it's in this one place. And it's Yeah, just, but um, Dark, Dark you know. Song couldn't have cost... It didn't need to cost a lot of money. Exactly, yeah. And, and the, the, when, when, the, when the effects come in, it's done really cool yeah and it's isolated and that goes back to i just and and i and oh that's kind of what i want to say you just kind of alley-oop me to the fact that if like i feel like years ago if you wanted to be a horror director an independent horror director but want to have your movies look good i'm not going to name names because a lot of a lot of culty horror movies are goofy because of just the the shoestring budget but i appreciate the fact that you know i still want to make something but if you want like if you're really into the craft you want to have a nice looking horror movie it's intimidating because Years ago, you needed money, but like you can be this young like kid seeing these IFC Midnight movies and going like, oh, you know, I think I only need this much money to make this kind of movie I want to make. It's it's similar to the Dogma movement, you know. We just we'll refer to this guy as the Danish director now at this point. Uh, going oh, back to what right. we were talking about at the beginning, because Bjork came out this week saying a Danish director. Who who else could it be? That no one else. It's no one else. It's not Matthew Barry. Matthew, Matthew Barney. Barney, her ex. Her ex. And she also let off... No, he's American, and, and their grievance is she let that be known on, on her last... Yeah, her last album. 
Uh, that was just like an infidelity thing. Yeah, that album was good. Hit. Yeah, um, she still makes good music. Sure, she does a good live show too. Yeah, but, um, she's crazy. But and you know what? And, and uh, see, this is what sucks. I'll, I'll get to this in a second. But anyway, because the Dogman movement wasn't just started by that Danish director. It was a group no, was of a group. filmmakers. I was but say, he's the biggest name. He well, yeah, he's the big. No, he's, he's the, the biggest, biggest name. name of Dogma ninety five. Yeah. Dog, 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 Thomas Vinterberg, I guess, would be number. Yeah, two. Talk, yes. I mean, Dogma films are still being made, and I think they shouldn't because I think well it doesn't matter if they should be made or not i'm just saying the reason why it was made now you're now it's just becoming um restriction for the sake of restriction yeah whereas i feel like you can you can you can give yourself restrictions now and still be able to make yeah Yeah. like i could with my resources i could make a horror movie like that yeah with ten thousand dollars yeah and it would look good. Yeah. That movie looks yeah. good. They said, you know, the, the, the Dogma creators, one of the main things they said when they first put out that, like, their whole mission statement was in an interview, it was just like, you know, uh, there's people who are discouraged because they don't have a Star Wars budget. So it's like, oh, what's the point? They get discouraged. Whereas Dogma tried to show that. And I think now the, the, these movies show it. You know, like this, you know, th- th- this has been the year that really opened me up to horror quite a bit. Like, thanks to, you know, like, Guys like Patrick Harvath and Dallas Hallam. Yeah. Uh, going back to revisit Philip Ridley's work, who I wrote about. And and, and, big, big and Trance. Movie, you know? And Trance was crazy. Yeah, it, it, it really was. Uh, yeah, I, I really... That movie really fucked me up, dudes. Um... There, there, there's a movie I, I'd like you to try to see, because I, I, I don't want to... I don't want to talk about it just myself. Okay. But, uh... Specifically the ending, and just overall... Kind of the tone of the movie, to some and many other things. Killing of a Sacred Deer is, uh... It's similar. Gonna, it has I'm a gonna, lot of similarities to. to I'm gonna to see. Intra- I'm gonna see it when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. Please. Is do. it in select theaters now? Yeah, you can. The only place it's playing now is at Union Square or up at the Lincoln Center AMC, which was a big mistake. I went to go see it. Me, uh, our friend Rob Cotto, four other people in the big like two tier theater to see this movie, and I think it's because the Lobster got nominated for an Academy Award. That was Yorgos Lanthimos's second Academy Award nomination. This movie has, like, Nicole Kidman, Colin Farrell again. So I think they were going big, and I think they offshoot major. I don't think they really... It's, like, it's still weird. It's still him. It's still the guy... Well, was it filled? The, was huh? the theater full? No, I just said it was me, Rob Cotto, and four it. other people in, in a bit. No, that's, like, literally That's amazing. Six that's, that's like going to the movies in, in Zombieland with Bill Murray, bro. It is. I just don't want to hear us let the most career to be affected uh, ne- uh, negative. I guess is what I'm getting at, but... um. Maybe maybe they're expecting this, but it's it's not like that's a beautiful. I'll say I got to sell a little bit. Yorgos Lanthimos didn't sell out. He still has the same style as it was all. So it's like this is not yeah, the most accessible just, movie. To so. to reel back in, yeah, I really liked a dark song because mm-hmm. it also reminded me of Personal Shopper and Babadook. Yes, which are which I call mm-hmm. grief horror films. Yes. They're they're all done differently. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like but, that genre. But they're all films about people grieving. Yeah. At, with with uh, supernatural mm-hmm. occurrences, you know, personal shopper. She's grieving. She's grieving her brother, mm-hmm. and she's she's not sure if she's seeing ghosts, but the viewer knows that she's seeing ghosts. Yeah. That movie was dope. Yeah, it was. Thank you for unexpected. For, yeah, I, I expected it. I had a feeling. I just did. And then the Babadook. Uh, a father and a partner is lost and yeah. and the Babadook is essentially the father in the grief um, and and I don't want to say this the exact situation with a dark song because mm-hmm. I guarantee many of our listeners haven't seen it yeah. so I really implore you to go check it out Netflix it's, it's on Netflix yeah that's how I saw it oh nice yeah I, I, oh hold on hold yes yes it is yeah that, that's I, how I, I saw it I rented it yeah, I didn't know because I remember when I rent stuff. No, it was on Netflix. Awesome. Yeah. So you know, I really think you should uh, go out of your way because I think I'm sorry. Way. I rented it. It was on YouTube. I'm sorry. Yeah, I rented it. I don't because I I have to. I don't want to steer people the wrong way and have them be mad at me. Yeah, I I, I paid to stream it. Never mind. Yeah, no, it I, wasn't on Netflix because it, uh, it also wasn't on Shutter, mm-hmm. which is possibly because it's connected to the IFC. I don't know, but. Yeah. There's got to be a better way for this whole streaming thing, because now you need to have like seven things. That's true. And I, I know. know. I, that's I know. I know. and like I get panic attacks. I don't want those. 
I, don't, I want less things. Yeah, I you know net, net the basics. Netflix and Hulu is all I can do. I don't even have an Amazon. I mean, my my lady does. She has an Amazon account. But I do. Like I Fandor, do. Shutter, I, I do Amazon. Like, I do Amazon with Shutter and Shutter, Fandor yeah. attached to it. Yeah. And and I'm thinking about changing Shutter for movie because I just I haven't been watching a lot of Shutter stuff. Um, you might be on to something. I feel like I'm. I imagine other execs in in places are talking about this right now. But mergers, I feel like mergers, major mergers will happen in the future. Like, you know, like Fandor and Mubi have such similar, you know... Yeah, it, it, may, it doesn't them. even make sense that they're separate. Yeah. Because they, they, they often have the same movies. Although, the, the thing about Shudder, what I respect about that is the roots, not, not the entire reason, but the roots of Shudder have to do with, like, outside of maybe comedies... Horror is like the next genre up that doesn't get the respect when it's like, you know, drama, thriller, yeah. this, that. It's like, because there's that term now called post-horror that is not fair. It's not, it's just like people who don't want to like horror movies, they, they need some fancy title to yeah. like validate, oh, this is a good horror movie. Just call it a horror movie. Like, you know, it doesn't need some fancy name. Yeah, what is, no, I, I do like my term, grief horror. Yeah, that's great. You know, because I don't, because it's not taking away from horror. Mm-hmm. Post horror somehow, that's like when when certain rappers would start like saying, "I don't use samples," or like, "I I need to play instruments to be validated." Yeah, you like that's like saying that somehow horror is, is wrong. Yeah, grief grief horror is just a way to just let you know sort of the 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 feeling or or. Like and trance, I call ambient horror, mm-hmm. but they're horror movies. Yes, I don't know. Post, post, like often can be something that I don't like. Yeah, I know. Even though I, even though I do like the album Post by Bjork, uh, sure. who 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 this week said that a Danish director, who's probably Lars von Trier, definitely Lars von Trier, uh, yeah. sexually harassed her, mm-hmm. and that's you know, fuck you, man. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, fuck Bjork. you. You have that to sucks. clear that up, cause yeah, I and I'm glad, cause there's like, from Woody Allen who had to like kind of retract his to everyone. It's like oh, Woody Allen when he said, "I hope there's not a witch hunt." That yeah. and other things. Also, it's all, know, it's unfortunate for everyone, and it's just yeah, like also, when you don't. Acqu- I hate that shit for every. No, it's let's just focus on like the like the, yeah. Also, the thing is, the witch hunt was when we were hunting women and burning them down. Witch hunt is not like what. <laughs> Do you want to know why? I'm going to add an extra layer to that. I like earlier. And that's, and that's in that's in Western Mass in the 413. Uh no, that's Eastern Massachusetts. We're talking Salem? Salem. Salem is east. Hell yeah, it's more east than Boston. Okay, that's where the accents are. That that got nothing to do with the 413. Um, Let's take the witches over to have it. Exactly. Exactly. That is not. It's not funny. It's not yeah. funny. Violent. No, but this is this is the layer that I want to add. The I got between. I listened to a podcast. Uh, it's called that's what you want they to th- that's what they want you to think it doesn't even exist anymore but one of the it's, it's a conspiracy theory podcast and they talk about the Salem witch trials and at its core the large majority of those trials had to do with men like hey do you want to marry me and women being no I'm good and it's like oh you know what I think she's a witch because they got rejected so that's yeah. so that's even crazier that that term gets used and flipped around because a lot of the Salem witch trials had to do with men manipulating women and women being like, I'm not having that shit. And it's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to tell everyone you're crazy and then I'm going to get what I want. Yeah, the Salem witch trials was about was about violence against women. And and uh, I mean, I'm not surprised that Woody Allen said a culturally insensitive thing about women. Yeah, sure. uh, Because, you know, he he is married to his stepdaughter. Yes. Which is... uh, probably morally wrong um and you know people are like oh do you watch woody allen movies i'm like no i don't not anymore because one because his movies haven't been good in a very long time and and two i do, i don't want like people like that to get my money yeah like i don't like i don't go to roman polanski movies i don't hmm. uh and you know like i won't i won't pay for them um, and sometimes I, I won't even watch them, but you know what I'm saying? Like I do. It's hard. And and uh, our uh, women listeners, if there's th- you know, let us know how we're doing with all this stuff because 
we don't know. Yeah. We're just we're dudes, and and we only wish to uh, be better and learn more, and you know, hear 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 what's good. Um, yeah. We've only just begun to live white lace and promises a kiss for luck and we're on our way 